Blog Talk Radio. There is no earthly way of knowing. <laughs> Good man, a lot of time. Which direction we are going? Nerecchio Camino. It would have been DWI. A tipping point. Good evening, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's time once again for the tipping point. Our guest tonight, Southern Violence and Honors head honcho Ryan Murdoch, and viral pro wrestling notable James Caleb Kitchens. But hosting tonight is myself, Stephen Platinum, and joined, as always, by the man, the myth, the legend, Larry Goodman. How you doing tonight, Larry? Doing fine. Almost always I'm here, but at least I'm here again tonight. I'm doing well. That's How true. about yourself? So, so, I'm, I'm doing well, you know. I mean, things keep going on and on and on, and uh, man, my hair is scraggly. <laughs> I know a very minor thing, but holy guacamole! I was, you know, I caught caught a glimpse of myself as I was doing full disclosure and just went, "My God, my hair is ludicrous." I mean, I, I guess I should just be glad I have it, but um, man, scraggle, scraggle. How are you doing? Uh, also scraggly. I, you know, I, I I haven't checked to see if my barber is cutting hair yet or not. I guess is that not happening in Florida yet? Any any uh haircuts uh i think haircuts are happening perhaps starting yesterday um i'm not a hundred percent on that but you know i'm i'm broke as a joke i even uh put up there, <laughs> if you really want my hair to get cut people who are bitching at me then you can paypal me some money yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, as talented as my children are i don't know if them cutting my hair is a good idea <laughs> yeah so. you may want to not test that one out <laughs> Oh, good grief! So yeah, yeah. we got we got. Uh, of course, we know we got live wrestling coming back to uh, Georgia. But before we get into that, you know, we 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 talked last week about the dangers of people shooting off their mouths on social media, and of course, your uh, advice of you know just shut the fuck up. Well, we had no less than uh, e- Elon Musk going oh live this this last week on Twitter. I mean, here's a guy who owns a. Pres- prestigious public company, Tesla, SpaceX, I mean, a, a genius guy. And yes. he goes on Twitter and says, uh, our stock price is too high. It's too high. I'm going to sell all the property I own. I don't know that the two are related. And uh, in, in rails about California not reopening. Then a few minutes later, he tweets, and my wife's, now my wife's mad at me. Well, I wonder why. <laughs> you just made, an, just made an ass out of yourself. It's like, oh, God. I mean, I'm, it must be wonderful for the stockholders. Huh? The, the, the head honcho goes on and says, you know, our stock price is too high. They, you know, they must love it for stuff like this. I mean, when folks, bit of advice. Uh, when you get drunk or you get high or whatever, 
don't go public. Find a trusted friend and bitch at them. That's what we all do. And, <laughs> and, and not only do you have the added benefit of not ruining things on a large scale, um, sometimes great things come of it. Um, so, yeah, connect with the people you love, not with all the people. Um, did, you, did you hear um, how much things dropped um, because of what he said and did? I mean, I heard a figure, but I just, I just thought to myself, there's no way that that's right, that the value well, I mean, of things dropped that much. It, it's an insane stock to trade. I mean, it, it's, it's nuts to trade it. I believe it went from 800 down to 700. But the, the moves Oof. in Tesla stock are, are, are just crazy. I mean, it got up to as high as nine, over $900. Then when we had the big market crash, it was down in, I think it got down below 400 and then shot back up to 800 So it's just, it's a nutty thing anyway. But, um, yeah. Yeah, just just crazy. And speaking of stock, WWE stock had a nice rebound after uh, their conference call and their their quarterly results. I guess Wall Street was pleased with all of their cost cutting. Um, I didn't get a lot of details from the call. I know Vince was on there, you know, do, had a lot of things to say, but uh, uh, I didn't get all the details of what they what was in what were in the numbers that Wall Street liked. Except they, you know, they did the cost cutting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got to – if you're willing to do what you have to do, you will always be rewarded. And as long as it's that kind of system, that's what you're going to get, you know. Um, very fascinating. I, I just thought it was a fascinating week of news. One thing I wanted to say, this has very, very little, if anything, to do with wrestling, but I saw where people were getting down on AMC theaters because they said they're not going to carry Universal movies. Um and then people were like, oh, that's so stupid, AMC's so dumb. But then Regal Theaters joined in, and people might be wondering why that is. I think it's one of these cases where people get a fraction of the story, and they just sort of get their narrative and run with it. And what people are doing is, oh, it's because of the Trolls movie that they released direct to the market. Um, you know, they're mad about that. They're not mad about that. They're mad because Universal lied to them. Universal said this is just a one-time thing that we're going to do. But then Universal announced, well, that works so well from now on when we have major releases in the theaters, once the theaters are back open, we're also going to do direct video the same day. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, of course, yeah. the theater chains are like, fuck you. <laughs> like, we, we let you do this one thing because it's an unusual circumstance, but – I mean, the theaters are looking at. I mean, AMC already has lost a ton of money. Oh, now yeah. it's just it's deceptive why that is though. Like, AMC is that much in the hole because they've basically acquired just about everybody. So they went on this massive acquisition thing. So they're very vulnerable. So of course, the news that Universal is basically going to take the money out of there because again, ticket sales go to. They don't go to the theater house. They go to the production company. So Universal gets the ticket money. Um, AMC and the rest of them basically live off of concessions, which is why, you know, popcorn costs you a second mortgage, right? Yeah. So if there aren't people coming to the theaters, AMC simply can't survive. Now, people would say, well, then you should allow Universal to do the thing. But these are all leverage moves. I imagine Universal will back out of doing it because 
if they're not having their movies released in the theater and other major production companies do, that's going to put them at a huge disadvantage, of course. Even with direct video, uh, I, and plus – People don't realize you don't want movies to be available to you right away without ever going to a movie theater, because what you're going to get is productions are going to go way down in cost. You'll just get a bunch of cheaply made horror movies and that's it. Um, They're not going to release a Marvel movie direct to video. Like it's not going to have a $300 million budget. It's just not feasible to do it that way. So it's interesting. I feel sorry though. for anybody's in the in the theater business, and uh, you know, nothing to do with COVID. They they were hurting terribly before yeah. that ever hit. I mean, they got more screens to try to fill with product than they know what to do with. It's a terrible business to be in. Just awful. It's a, it's rough, and and you know something that I think gets lost. Bringing it back to wrestling is. We talk about these shows that aren't running, and we're talking about the wrestlers that aren't making money. Um, you know, but what about all these places that counted on the revenue of people renting their halls and that kind of thing? I mean, that's, they're the ones who are on the hook for money, right? They're, they're paying mortgages or they're paying whatever, and they're, they're getting nothing. And I think sometimes that gets lost in the shuffle. Um, you know, when we talk about indie wrestlers not making money, that's true, and that's a bad thing. But one, very few of them are relying on that for any kind of living income. That's you right. know, that's it's twenty bucks, it's forty bucks, it's fifty bucks. Maybe it's a little higher, but for the most part, that's not your living. Though there are indie wrestlers where that's an exception, of course. Um, but I, I guarantee you whoever owns the buildings or leases the buildings and whatnot that are on the hook, they're the ones who are really suffering financially because there's just no money coming in, you know? No. So that's, that's, no. that's something to keep in mind. I mean, so people always talk about, well, you know, a number of businesses might be gone. You that favorite hall where you go see your wrestling, your wrestling in um, may not be around. Um, by the time all of this comes around. So that's very, that's, that's something else to keep in mind. That's why we're glad places like the landmark are still there. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. So, Hey, before you, uh, you know, before we came on tonight, I was listening to your most recent uh, full disclosure. And of course I enjoyed your oh. story about uh, the brawl shows and WWA four, but the whole thing, the, the whole brawl thing. And it's funny how, Paths cross, you know. I was at I was at one of those brawl things, and of course, not knowing who the hell you were, or knowing anything about it until years afterwards. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. I went. I used to. My wife and I used to go to Dad's garage once in a while, but you know, mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about. I didn't know who you were or anything about that at at, at that point in time. Just it's just funny like that. But uh, another thing, you um, you mentioned the live wire also running with vi- with um, excuse me with Bushido on May 30. And that's an oversight on my part. They are running, but an interesting caveat they put in their post about the show is their, uh, the, the caveat is that it's still possible. I don't think it will happen that governor Kemp won't okay the opening of performance venues on May 13th as scheduled, which could impact. Mm. We'll ask, We'll ask Ryan Murdoch about that if that's any issue for them. I don't think there's much chance that Kemp's going to change course, but I guess it's, it's conceivable that he that he would. 
because um, the um, you know the Legion Hall is a you know private club, so I would think they could get by running anyway, because um, you know because it is a private club, and private clubs are already okayed in Georgia. Okay. Um, so anyway, we'll we'll check with Ryan Murdoch and see what he has to say about that. But another interesting thing on the on the COVID front in Georgia is the Georgia Department of Public Health over the last two weeks coinciding with Kemp's reopening of the state has changed the way they're reporting the data on COVID cases. And it makes it look dramatically like cases are declining. And there's an article from the Columbus newspaper questioning the, um, they didn't use the word rigged. I'll use the word rigged. <laughs> if <they're, laughs> the statistics are rigged because of the way they change the reporting, which makes it look like many, 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 many fewer cases are occurring in Georgia. So um, we'll see how that evolves over the next few weeks. Again, I, I, we live in an era where, I mean, because the same reports, I will see people that I know on both sides of this political spectrum claiming victory. Um, and I mean, that just tells you all you need to know about the era that we're living in, right? Yeah. <laughs> Where <clears throat> is it, is it that cases are being underreported overall? Cause I see that all the time, right? Um, you know, there, there's actually more cases that we probably don't even know about blah, blah, blah. And then the other side saying, no, no, no. Everything's overblown, and if you die from anything, they're going to just say it's COVID. And <sighs> yeah, it's just so hard to to constantly hear this stuff. I've I've forced myself to take a break. Like I'll I, I allow myself. This is going to sound like a weird number. Twenty one minutes of news consumption a day, and only twenty one minutes. That and is, I, I got to say, it has improved my mood a great deal. So. I, I, you know, I think I may follow your lead because it's not doing me any good. I'll tell you, <laughs> to follow it more, it's <laughs> definitely not helping at all. I uh, had a one-day training thing, like where I, was, I, I, I teach people, like, you know, basically getting their wrestling careers going and all this kind of stuff. But the one day turned into three days. So I was basically from the world for three days and it was pretty amazing. I mean, not good or bad, but it was just different. You know, it's like, huh? Well, I, I mean, I was literally not at my house. Um, I didn't have the girl. I don't have the girls this week. <clears throat> so it was a, it was real, really eye opening just how different areas of the state in Florida are handling and treating this whole thing. I mean, I'll go to one, cause you know, I do like a mystery shopper thing too. So I have to, I have to suit up, right. I have to mask yeah. up, wash my hands, like, you know, Howard Hughes on meth and all that kind <laughs> of stuff. And Larry, some places I go are incredibly organized, right? Like Publix generally, six feet apart they have a bunch of employees making sure you're doing what you're supposed to do and then but then walmart will be a crapshoot like sometimes oh, you yeah. have one that's very diligent and they have people at the doors counting and blah blah and then some of it's just helter skelter and it's like oh man like and again it it really does depend on the town you're in 
Um, are you in Orlando? Are you out of Orlando? <laughs> are you in a small town? And it even seems to be based on what your political affiliations are, um, which is insane. So, I, again, I just don't understand, like, caution when you're out in public would seem to be the least you can do. But then people are taking this sort of weird, perverse pride in, like, I'm not going to wear a mask, <laughs> which I just, well, I just go, I mean, it's just ignorance on a level that, I'm, but again, I, I'm not shocked because I, you know, I'm 48. I've been around people my whole life, but man, it's something else to see how people are reacting. Well, yeah. I mean, of course, being at my age, I'm supposed to still be staying home, but uh, just uh, uh, one quick thing. And then we'll, we'll bring Ryan Murdoch on two yes, places please. that I frequent in Atlanta, the Beltline and Kroger stores. Those are two of the only places I've gone much in the last few weeks. And the difference between the Beltline in Atlanta, which is a wonderful place to walk and everything, uh, this weekend and a weekend ago, and Kroger today and a week ago, was fairly remarkable in terms of how uh, much less masking and social distancing was going on versus one week ago. Now, you know, this is yeah. a very small sample, but it was noticeable. It definitely it was noticeable in both places. Social mores to me are always more indicative of how think people are going to behave and what people are going to do than laws. Um and if if you're if the implication is things are okay now because that's what people are waiting to hear. When they hear things are opening up, they're not thinking of nuance. They're just going like we're okay now and people are going to behave accordingly. That's the danger sometimes of releasing your grip a little, um, is that people take an inch, take a mile. <laughs> That's how people are. So, But it should make for a great conversation tonight with both of our guests, I'm sure. Well, let's get conversation number one underway. We're joined now by Southern Violence and Wrestling promoter, Ryan Murdoch. Welcome to The Tipping Point, sir. Ryan. Uh, I'm sorry. That's my mistake. Wrong button <laughs> on the switchboard, Steve. Larry. I apologize. Welcome, Ryan Murdoch, to the tipping point. Hey, what's going on, guys? How y'all doing tonight? Yay! Okay. <laughs> I got it right. Sorry about that, man. <laughs> I hit the wrong okay. button. <laughs> right. Ryan, first, I got to congratulate you. I've never seen somebody actually win an argument on Facebook before. Um, oh, yeah. Now I can say I've seen one of the great, the seven great wonders of the internet world. Uh, because James Caleb Kitchens, who's coming on later, um, c kind of made this like mass declaration, um, attacking shit shows, and he lumped you guys in uh, with Bushido and I believe Livewire. And uh, and then you had a post where you basically countered and explained our show's outside, our show's in conjunction with the guys that we always work with. We've already gotten approval from Athens, blah, blah, blah. Basically, you went through all your steps. And correct any part of this if I'm wrong. Um, and then James Kitchens actually backed up and said, I can admit when I'm wrong. And, of course, he had to get in a little parting shot because that's what your generation does, right? They have to... <laughs> 
<laughs> they can never unconditionally surrender. But it was a pretty amazing thing that you actually uh, won an argument on the internet. So congratulations. Oh yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I just, I just don't. We don't appreciate anybody. You know, I'm sure everybody's like this, but uh, we don't appreciate anybody taking a shot at us without, you know, getting all their facts first. Um, I think we were grouped with Bushido and Livewire because. Obviously, they're trying to run things a little differently from what I heard. But, uh, you know, we're running outside, man. I mean, we talked with the Southern Bruin uh, Company owner, who we have a great working relationship with. Obviously, we have shares there every month. And um, and, we, and he's in conjunction with the mayor of Athens as well. So he got to go ahead to run their concert series uh, in June at the Bruin Company. And uh, we were green-lighted as well for our June show. It's not like we were just going in and throwing caution to the wind and saying, like, oh, yeah, we're going to run a wrestling show. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, that's the only thing I have to say, really, to any Georgia, like, anybody that wants to take a shot, man, just have your facts straight because, like, we, we, we don't sit back like maybe a lot of people do and just take it and just go hide in a hole somewhere. Um We've always been, you know, on our own since day one. And you can have, you know, Larry knows this. Uh, a lot of people in Georgia know this. Our early days, man, we were we were a shit show <laughs> five years ago. Yeah. We were drawing maybe 50 or less people a show in a shithole bo- uh, bar in Monroe. And, uh, but we've grown, man. I mean, we've been in Athens. June will be two years in Athens, and uh, we've never lost a dime. And I think a lot of promotions can't say that for themselves. But uh, I just got to put our stuff out there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Larry, I mean, because, Larry, when we were talking about it, you you seem – the thing that surprised you the most about these guys that are going to run shows in general was you thought that it would be harder to do perhaps in Athens than in the place where Bushido was running their show. Or am I remembering that wrong? Well, I think – Dad, I might have said that before I learned that the uh, Ryan show was going to be outdoors. Yeah. And, and got more yeah, info certainly. on it. And then I thought, oh, yeah, well, I can see why this 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 would be easier to pull off than, than an indoor show at an American Legion Hall, in my opinion. But, um, Ryan, why don't you run it down for us, how this came about and, and um, you know, the, your thought process in, in going ahead now and not waiting any longer and, and just run it down for us. Yeah, man. Um, so, obviously – we were all bummed out in April because um, uh, WrestleMania week got canceled and uh, we missed our WrestleMania week show. So that was a real dagger. Um, luckily, like some of my friends that were running down there, we weren't like had already had money sunk in down there. So we got lucky there. Uh, we knew May wasn't a possibility. Uh, we had plans to be inside and, so we took the safety of our fans in consideration, and we're still taking the safety of fans uh, into consideration. But this came about just talking with Brian Roth, who owns Southern Bruin. And uh, like I said, we've had a great relationship with him since day one. And um, he's, I think what helped us was him talking directly to the mayor of Athens. So that helped mm-hmm. a ton and made us feel comfortable enough to run a show. Like, we're not running a show because – we want to be the first ones. We're not running the show because we're hurting for money or nothing like that. We're just, we're going back to our routine because of the response of our fans and, of course, the comfort that was supplied to us by our venue and by city officials. 
And um, some of the stuff that that we are taking into consideration, obviously in conjunction, is uh, obviously like you guys said, shows outside. Um, anybody that traveled together party-wise, uh, they are allowed to sit or stand together. Obviously, they traveled there together, so they're comfortable. Um, there's plenty of room out there. I mean, the outside is about as big as three football fields. So it can obviously hold a good amount of people. Um, our very first show in Athens, we ran in the outside part of the brewery, and uh, we drew 350 people on the dot there. So there's plenty of room. For everybody to spread out, um, and we're going to do a four-person limit in the men's and women's restroom, and there'll be a mobile beer tap. Usually the bar at the brewing company is inside, so to regulate a mass gathering, trying to get yourself a cold beer, now you can do it outside, regulated by security that works our events, and to make sure that nobody's breaking that regulation. And... uh you know, like I said, we've always taken care of our fans, and we always will. Um, I think another big thing, too, that's uh, to feel the support is when we announce these regulations, and even before the regulations, when we announce the show, uh, the fan interest is huge already. Uh, I've already I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I've, so I've already got my list down for, for the reserve seats. They're flying real quick. Um, so, you know, it's just a comfort thing, man, like – if we didn't feel comfortable, we wouldn't be doing it. But uh, the fans that come out every single month and support us, man, like they'll be there. I just I know that. So, uh, but we we did tell the fans that if you don't feel comfortable coming out, that's fine. Like we're not gonna come <laughs> attack you on social media for not coming out. Or we know this is a, a hard time in America uh, across the board. But uh, yeah. You know, I just feel like this is something that's kind of one of those uplifting things, man. It may make somebody feel good that's been sitting in the house for months and, you know, couldn't go to work or whatever. So uh, it's just what, you know, it's just a comfort thing for us. So are you going to be, for lack of a better word, like, enforcing social distancing in the crowd? Are you going to have it set up in such a way? I understand what you said about, like, groups who come together will sit together, but then how are you handling it from there? As, as, as far as how the crowd's um, going to be configured. Yeah, our security team, man, they're, they're really good. They do their job every show. Um, they are in conjunction with uh, the people that work at the brewing company. And if we see, you know, anything out of the ordinary or like, hey, you're getting a little too close, then it'll be regulated. Um, okay. We've taken what well, we feel like every complete step to make all this happen. Yeah, I mean, that's what it sounds like to me. I think there's a difference between we wrote, we're going to do this show and look, we're going to take all of these factors into consideration and acknowledge the fact that, you know, um, people are nervous or people are worried or that there's regulations and we're just going to enforce them. I don't, I don't honestly think you're going to have to do that much of that. I think if people are told what to do, I think they'll, they'll tend to just regulate themselves. Um, People, people are funny that way. I I think people underestimate. I mean, I know I just talked about, you know, I go out to this thing for the mystery shopper or whatever audits I have to do. And I see like, Oh my God, like, you know, people can't even walk down the aisle in the correct direction. 
and I can see those posts and I understand people get frustrated, but part of that is just people don't, for, if you don't direct them or if they, if there's just a general vibe of, well, it doesn't matter, then that's how people will treat it. But it sounds like you guys have it together you're in conjunction with the brewing company. I think there's, pro- there's going to be signage posted, but more than that, I think it's just one of these where people are going to take their cues off of each other. Okay, I'm with my family. We're here. Just tr- kind of stay apart from other people. That's the way it was when I went to the drive-in. I took my kids to the drive-in, and people did a remarkably good job of just kind of staying away from each other. You know, like they didn't have to yeah. be told. You just understood like, all right, I'm standing in line at the snack bar. Just keep space between each one of us. And then when somebody didn't have a mask, you could actually palpable. You could feel it. It was palpable of people staring at them like, what the hell, motherfucker? <laughs> it's like, you know, like, go get a damn mask, you know, like, come on. Um, and a lot of this is, you know, all the political stuff, right? How much of this is real or, you know, this doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. I think at the end of the day, when people figure this part out, it'll make life much easier, which is there's also something about showing face and propriety. Um, how effective is a mask? Um, we can debate that back and forth, but one thing's for sure. I'm not going to get mad at somebody for having a mask. (laughs) Right. Just learn to appreciate it. Whatever steps people are taking, just learn to appreciate it. And I think that's how people are going to treat your show. Look, we're getting to have this show. It's outdoors. Let's not fuck up a good time. And so many things would be so much better if people could just have the mentality of, let's just not fuck up a good thing. Um, and if, I, if that means I got to sit apart from somebody, I sit apart from them. But I imagine that crowd will be incredibly excited. Um, I mean, they're getting to have beer for crying out loud. Um, and they're getting to be at a live event. I'm sure it's going to be absolutely um, awesome. So it's great. You know, I think it's interesting, Ryan, too, that the mayor is um, not only supporting what you're doing, but other, you know, con- you know, other concert performances in Athens. And I, you know, I wonder about the fact that Athens, Clark County, has you know a low case rate for uh, COVID-19. If that's sort of helping ease things there, that you're not in an area that's been hard hit, like for example, Hall County is being hit right now. Yeah, I think it's I think it's helped a lot, man. I mean, I I know I think at first it was a little high here, um, but everyone pretty much cooperated as far as you know. If I had to run out to the grocery store, or you know, grab go pick up some dinner or something, like it was it was very desolate out there for for a while. So uh, I think uh, a lot of people you know cooperated and you know didn't try to get into a pissing contest. <laughs> um, but I think it helps a lot, and uh, you know we're just now we're ready to go, just trying to get everything in order. But and that's another thing too. I meant to say earlier, like we had the original card booked. We were moving the May show just to to do the June show, so we were moving the card over one month. And I told the roster on that original card, hey, if you don't feel comfortable coming to work, like don't work. There'll be no heat, no worries. And we did have a few people, uh, a few workers drop out, but we replaced them. And uh, but there's not a problem between us and those workers that dropped out. Hey, man, if you're not comfortable, like don't work the show. 
you know, let us know when you are comfortable and we'll get you back on. So that's just the steps we've taken. So presuming things go well on uh, June 6th, you're going to be back on your regular schedule then? Yeah, we'll be so, back, uh, I believe it's July 11th after that. So uh, you want to give us some details on what's what's actually going to take place on the card? Yeah, um, we've got um, our SCW heavyweight champion, Charlie Anarchy. Um, he'll go against the Hall fight champion, Aiden Wright, which should be a good one, man, because these, these two guys can really go at it, uh, especially if you give them a stage like that. Um, we got the frat party coming in for the first time. Uh, oh, boy. Working. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> they're coming to challenge uh, Bobby D and Jamie Holmes for the uh, SCW tag titles and uh, we're welcoming Chase Jordan for the first time as well um, he, he'll be working uh, Dallas Troy out of the Tennessee area and Dallas Troy is an excellent hand we had him down in March for the first time so he's a second comer um and we'll have Vari Morales back. Uh, Vari is a heck of a lucha worker. If you've never seen him work, y'all need to check him out. But um, he's going to work Axelrod, who's probably the most over guy in SBW right now. So we'll see how the fans perceive that and see who they jump on, uh, who side they jump on. And then um, we'll have myself and uh, Hoss Michaels taking on uh, Jerry Nelms and Cody McCauley in a tornado tag, no holds barred match. Um, which will be Hoss Michaels' last match for the rest of the year because he's getting well, uh, ready to welcome a baby. So, oh boy! Um, yeah. <laughs> so, and uh, then we top it off with uh, Kenzie Page for the first time. She's coming down, and uh, she'll work for Bonnet's Men. So that should be a, a heck of a women's match uh, for that night for the fans. They love the women's wrestling. So we try to keep uh, either a women's match or an intergender match on the card. They go crazy for it in Athens. Yeah. Cool, man. Excellent. Um, yeah. So, man. So, I mean, all of this is super exciting. Um, at the end of the day, uh, have has, has your mentality on stuff changed at all with this sort of time off? that everybody had from wrestling. I mean, I know you guys stayed on the hustle. Obviously you did. Um, but is there anything that sort of changed in your mentality in regards to wrestling or in regards to other promotions or anything like that because of this sort of time off giving you perspective or is it just, is it like, all right, now we're back in business. Now we're just going to get to work and the song remains the same. Yeah. I, just, I, I thought I was wrong on this and I'll admit that, but, uh, I thought this time off would kind of change some people's mentality here <laughs> uh, as far as uh, promoting promoters and workers and stuff like that. But uh, obviously it hasn't. Um, we stayed on the hustle. I feel like some, some promotions didn't like, I feel like some promotions just kind of set back and they're still sitting back. Um, and we feel a little heat. We feel a little hate for this uh, as far as running but we we have that luxury of having a venue where we can run outside or inside. So uh, in a normal situation, not during this COVID-19 thing, but 
in a normal situation, if we were going to run a show outside in the summer and rain was in the forecast, we could run inside. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, if it rains, you know, then we just have to do what we have to deal with. But I just feel like, uh, you know, we feel the heat, but I just wish people – we just wish people would uh, just pay attention to their own product because uh, it's, you know, it's not of my concern what any of these other promotions do. So it shouldn't be any of their concern. That's just our outlook on it, man. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, that's something I'm, that's something I'm going to definitely going to ask, you know, James Caleb kitchens about, which is like, I I mean, one of my questions and I'm sure he's listening right now is going to be what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like for crying out loud, you know, like what the fuck is served by that? But then, like, I mean, I guess that's wrestling at the end of the day. Um, perhaps it's not going to be as widespread, but yeah, I was a little shocked, honestly, that I had to hear some inter freaking promotional drama bullshit. I mean, like, what the fuck? But so it goes, I guess. But you guys, I mean, you guys have always managed to stay above the fray and make the right choices. That's, that was sort of, that was a lot of Southern violence in 2019, I thought, is you guys yeah. made a, a big, you know, you, you attempted big things, and then, you, and then you made the moves that you needed to make and wanted to make. And, I mean, what else can you do, right? Exactly, exactly. We just got to keep hustling, man. I mean, that's the thing, like, you know, me and um, Justin both are, I mean, we're working. Whether people see it or not, obviously, but, uh, I mean, we're working. We're putting in hours every day. Like, right now we're booked all the way through August, you know. So um, we have everything in order. We have everything organized. Like, I have a note list a mile long of, hey, we need to do this before this date. And, I mean, we're just – we're simply organized, and we're just, you know, ready to keep marching forward as a promotion. Cool. Well, we wish you well on uh, June the 6th. We'll be uh, certainly eyes and ears open how this all pans out. Yes, sir, man. Thank you all for having me on. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, man. Oh, yes, by, the, oh, by yes. the way, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you, Ryan, as far as if they want to – because I'm sure – Tickets are being snapped up. So what's the best way for somebody to get a hold of you guys to get a ticket and that kind of thing? Uh, quickest way, there's two quick ways. Uh, you can go on Facebook, Southern Violence and Wrestling. You can shoot us a message. Or um, my contact number is on the page. And you can just call me directly, and uh, we can get you some seats reserved. Nice. Well, uh, good luck, man, and I hope everything goes swimmingly. And, um, you know, it's not easy being the sort of vanguard, right, being the the one out in front. Um, but it seems like you guys got all your ducks in a row, and I hope everything goes great. And hopefully this is the, the, the dawn of a new time in wrestling. We shall see. Absolutely, man. Thank you all. You all have a good one. You too. All right. A couple notes before we bring uh, James Caleb Kitchen yeah. on. Um, regarding the Bushido show, what I understand is that the uh, listed capacity for the Legion Hall is 550. I didn't realize the place is that big. So what they're doing, in essence, is making oh. it 20% of the capacity, and that's how they arrived at 110. 
Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. So that's it. So yeah. they can hold 550. So they're saying yeah. 110. Yeah. So I mean, if the place holds 550, shouldn't be any problem. This base out 110, and of course, you know, I mean, we've joked about this. 110 would be a great crowd for Bushido. Yeah, so, I mean, beyond as I said on the video, I think only the Matt Sells show um, where he was featured prominently. I think that's the only one that approached those numbers for a while. I mean, Bushido used to draw more, and but I would imagine if if they're promoting it correctly, that people are going to be itching to get back. That's my guess, anyway. I, or are people going to be scared away? Larry, what are your thoughts on that? Are are people going to be more prone? to be scared and nervous to go or do you feel like because of maybe the town it's in or the timing of everything that they're going to be like, dude, I'm just, I mean, cause I can tell you, um, I mean, this weekend, as I was driving around, people were not packing the beaches, but they were definitely stretching the limits of what they were allowed to do in a way that mm-hmm. I had not seen previously. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And that's what I, that's what I saw on the belt line Saturday. With you know, particularly with younger people out there, so I like kind of like a little bit of a what the fuck attitude about it, and you know, yeah. you know, get out. There. Uh, my, my gut says that Athens an outdoor show is going to do really well. I, yeah. Having never been to um, the Legion Hall and have not been in, been to a show in Augusta proper, I just don't have a sense of how how things are going to play out over there. Uh, I wish I would also could have gotten Cameron Kate on to talk about that. I just don't have any feel for that. I, but I think yeah. I tend to think the Athens show is going to do real well. But we'll, uh, I guess we'll know afterwards, right? God, May 30th, yeah. it's coming up a lot faster than you think it is. I mean, it's just, God, yeah. strange uh, time. Another, but... side, another yeah. side note, um, got a, a note from action promoter Matt Griffin. He said they, at this point, they do not have any plans to run anytime soon. They're still completely yeah. on hold. They have a possible outdoor i think it's an outdoor the founder's day show in tyrone um for the fall but he said tyrone has been very cautious about anything at this point so he has nothing nothing planned at this point he's like they're they're going to be they're strictly uh on hold for for the foreseeable yeah i mean i mean action's one of the the four biggies right and i mean you know i'd be curious what southern honors thinking is going to be southern fried and of course Viral. I'm curious to ask uh, James when when they're th- they think they're going to run again, or if they know. Um, I think it's okay to say I don't know as well, but I um, can't well, wait to get them on and talk to them. Let's ask them. Yes, please. James Caleb Kitchen. What's going You're on? On the guys? tipping point. Hey, how you doing? I'm glad to be here. The bottom just <laughs> fell out in Roswell, so I, if there's any like background noise for that, I apologize. Literally right as you guys brought me on. So, um, yeah, um, to, to answer that question, though, yeah. um, so I talked to Josh Hancock the other day, and, you know, we're definitely on the same page about this. Uh, viral's not going to run until we can run with no restrictions. So if we can't pack the venue out, we're not going to run. Um, and since both of the different facilities we use, the one in Augusta and the one in Thompson, are government facilities, We'll have to wait and see what their call is on that. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't imagine running and, and like, you know, putting space between chairs. I mean, F that nonsense. Like, I just, like, I, I don't know. It's just not the same thing. I mean, James, you, I think you and I do have common ground, and one of them is 
I mean, I hate empty arena wrestling. I just, I don't get it. <laughs> do I don't it enjoy it. And I, I mean, yeah. and part of the, I mean, the, what the indies have now, the one good thing is WWE is not going to be running house shows, right? And it's a chance for the indies to sort of have one up, which is we have a live experience. And that live experience with a crowd, with people sitting six feet apart. I remember when Atomic was going to try to run a show a few weeks ago. It's fucking insane to even think about, right? But they were like, we're going to take everyone's temperature at the door. We've already spaced the chairs six feet apart. I mean, you're like, oh, it's like, what the fuck are you even doing? <laughs> I'm like, right. I don't even know what that show would be. I just know I wouldn't want any part of it. So I, I think that's wise on you and, uh, and uh, Joshua's part. Yeah, the empty arena doesn't do it for me. I mean, AEW is definitely doing a better job of it than WWE is, I think. But I, there's still only so much of that I can stomach. It just without that, it, you almost wish they would pipe in crowd noise, kind of make it feel a little bit better. But you know, just that commentary over like the dead crowd is just there's just something. It's just not pro wrestling to me. No, me me neither. I mean, fake fighting with no crowd is just really. I'm really struggling with it. Um, you know, I I'll, I'll I'll watch AEW tomorrow night, um, but and try you know. But geez, it's tough. It's tough. Um, but you know, in the meantime, you've gotten involved in another project, doing these reviews, the uh, evolved review show of the um, Dark Side of the Ring. What what got you down that road? Well, you know, I've always, like, really wanted to get into, um, like, podcasting and that sort of thing, but uh, it, it turns out that booking and doing production for an a indie show uh, is very time-consuming. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I've never really had time to do it. So, you know, when we got a break, which that's, you know, I definitely see both sides of this. Like, I hate that we're not able to run shows right now, but I'm also, you know, you never get a break in wrestling, right? It's, it's an ongoing 24 seven. What have you done for me lately business? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so you can capitalize on it. And, you know, now I have time to do some of this stuff. Um, and I wanted to focus in on dark side of the ring for, for a couple of reasons. Number one, I didn't start watching it until this year. Um, I'd heard a lot about the first season, but I really didn't pick it up until I think the new Jack episode, how could you not watch a new Jack documentary? Um, and then I, you know, kind of fell in love with it. And I was like, people really like this. This is something we could talk about. I know a lot of people who would have some decent insight on some of these items. Um, uh, for example, the, um, Bruiser Brody episode, we have, a um, a Joe Brown on, who's got 20 years in law enforcement, um, to give some insight on the investigation into that. So, uh, that was kind of, it was like, Hey, this is a great opportunity to finally do this and it's it's a limited thing right so you know if if viral kicks back up and you know i don't have time to do it for a while until the new season of dark side of the ring comes out then that's fine I, i'm curious did you have a favorite episode of the dark side of the ring yourself um i definitely loved both of the benoit episodes because that's just that one is just uh near and dear to me um for a lot of reasons. Um, and so, you know, I, I really like Benoit and Guerrero were, you know, the people that I really looked up to coming in to wrestling. Uh, like I can remember watching WrestleMania 20 when Benoit won the belt, 
you know, I was still a complete mark at the time. I literally ran outside and like yelled at the top of my lungs, you know, it was just like, this was the best time in wrestling. Uh, so that one is definitely uh, awesome uh, to me as far as from a personal level. The, my favorite episode to review, though, probably was our uh, Montreal Screwjob episode that's coming up uh, this coming week. The Benoit ones were very hard to talk about on air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially the second half, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I I love uh, the dark side of the rings. By the way, if if you were looking for something else, I mentioned it in the uh, full disclosure because I stumbled upon I forgot how good the, the wrestlers series was. Um, they had like a marathon on today. And so I watched probably a good three of the episodes and I went, God, this thing is fucking awesome. And nobody saw them. And right now they have them all on Vice. So it's, it's definitely worth checking out. It's kind of like in the more of like the news magazine show kind of format where they'll usually cover two stories and then kind of go back and forth between them. But it really applies to modern re- – I mean, it covers everything from those women who wrestle in Bolivia to, like, Mia Yim and Leva Bates and their friendship in the business that stemmed from Mia Yim being in an abusive relationship. Just these – to MVP's whole life and career. Like, I had no idea MVP's life was what it was. So the guy did, like, you know, like – eight or nine yeah. years in the joint for freaking armed, oh, yeah. <laughs> armed robbery of a cruise ship, which is amazing. Um, but anyway, that, that might be something worth taking a look at because I, I've listened to the, I've listened to two of the shows. And the one thing that I noticed that I really liked a lot was you guys go in deep, but then when there's a topic that interests you, that's sort of um, sparked by what you're watching, you just go in that direction for a while. And those are the kind of podcasts I like listening to, honestly, where it's like, all right, like I watch Dark Side of the Ring. I don't need to hear, you know, that discussed that much in depth. But you guys take it in other directions, and uh, I, like, I really like that approach. Yeah, we try to keep it really loose. Um, and I'm going to look into that series. I noticed you mentioned it on full disclosure. Another thing we're possibly going to do is the 350 Days documentary. I have a friend of mine that knows one of the producers. So if we could get them on for that episode, I think that would be fantastic. Um, so that's, that's another thing that we're looking into also for the show. Yeah. Larry, do you have another question? Yeah. Um, you know, I put out a story after uh, talking with Josh Hancock about the outcome of virals um, fundraising for uh, yes. the April 18th show that didn't take place and, you know, the distribution of the funds. You know, and I got varying feedback on that from people. Some people, you know, and a lot, a lot of the, the, of course, the messages about it online were very positive. Others were a little skeptical of it. Um, what kind of feedback did you get? Well, I mean, the the talent's been nothing but appreciative of it. And, and some of the talent did, you know, did the really honorable thing, like, hey, you know, this isn't how I pay my bills. You know, I've got a full-time job. Give this to those who need it, um, nice. which was fantastic. Um, so, you know, we did have some people turn it down and which, you know, increased kind of the payout for some of the other folks. Um, and, you know, in a lot of instances, people got paid more than they would have for the booking, um, you know, and it was just something that, um, that we, you know, myself and Josh both contributed to, and we were, we were very happy to, be able to do that for the talent, you know, especially for the folks that are, you know, hurting right now that are missing an income source because, 
it's important to remember there's there are people out there that are good enough to do this for a living and they're definitely hurting right now. Yeah. Yeah. But we were very, I mean, I was very thrilled with the, you know, the outcome uh, with the, you know, donations that we had come in. Well, I was just thinking about what you said about that you you guys are not going to come back until, unless it can be full force. Um, Right. Boy, that could be quite, that could be quite a while. It could. Yeah. And I mean, once again, you know, we, we want to run a packed house. Um, it is what it is, you know, unfortunately, and it could be quite a while. You know, I'm not saying we won't change our stance on that, but that's, that's kind of where it stands right now. Um, we do have, as you know, we run half of the Sweetwater gym. Yeah. So we do have the option to run the whole building, move the, which, you know, unfortunately that moves our locker room into one of like the smaller kind of side rooms we use for production now. And then that's going to mean our locker room is tighter. So, you know, it, it would have to be a scenario where we felt comfortable doing that. The talent felt comfortable and, you know, the financials worked because, you know, one thing that, that Ryan said earlier that I definitely agree with, we're, you know, we're in the business of making money. We're not trying to lose any money. Um, you know, and it is what it is. It's, it's the wrestling business, you know. You know, and I was just thinking about that Sweetwater building. In, in, if you opened it up to the full size, I thought, man, but that's that would feel weird. To it would, yeah, 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 yeah. Back in the um, Antron Brewer days, uh, he ran a full venue a few times, um, mm-hmm. and it, you know, it definitely uh, they packed it out because we had like Shane Helms on when he was, you know, uh, still pretty big, and uh, you know, a, a couple other people and. Uh, a lot of the, like WWA four school at the time was on that, um, and and he packed that uh, the full gym out once or twice. But yeah, it just felt yeah, you know, it just didn't feel like a you know like a viral show feels. So yeah, yeah, just yeah. presuming you you drew your normal size crowd, but you had to spread them out in that full size gym, it would be kind of odd. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean as as we were talking about earlier, without any without crowd heat, it's just not the same kind of thing. It just isn't. Um, yeah. And I don't get a chance usually to to watch the shows live. I, I typically watch the footage after, but I'm always mm-hmm. listening to everything, right? If I'm in the back, you know, going over anything with any of the talent or, you know, working on something for production, I'm always listening to hear the crowd reaction. That's how I gauge what's going on. And so without that, I mean, it would just, especially for me, it would be just so strange. Yeah. So shift gears. Why? Why? Why are you talking shit? Like, why? <laughs> was, it, was it that? Was it that? It was Bushido. Like, I was trying to wrap my mind around it. And obviously, you're going to answer the question. Was it that it, Bushido was one of the names, and you're just like, "Fuck those motherfuckers! I hate those motherfuckers!" And then it compelled you to post. Or if it had been a different show, would have gotten the same reaction. Okay, so let me start with let me start with Southern Violence. And then go downhill to Bushido and Livewire. Uh, okay. So, uh, you know, all the respect in the world to Ryan. Um, you know, uh, I listened to the whole part of the show that he was on earlier. Sounds like they have all their ducks in a row. And I and I apologize publicly for it. Uh, I did not have all my facts. Um, and, you know, it is what it is, right? Um, the idea, though, that we're all going to, like, all the promotions are going to get together and sing Kumbaya now that we had a break. 
is is ludicrous to me. But um, you know, it sounds like they're taking all the proper precautions. Uh, I, I have a, a friend that goes to their shows regularly. It sounds like it's going to be a good show. Uh, you know, so all the best to them. In terms of Livewire and Bushido, though, I, I know for a fact that they're not taking the proper precautions. And something that I've said, that Gary Lamb said, that uh, he's Mulliken of Double Dropkick Show covered today on his show. Um, the media has it out for wrestling already, all the time. You know, and the CDC, CDC is still tracking every single case. So somebody comes to your show, you're not taking any of the precautions outlined. It's important to note that their venue, the capacity of their entire building is 550, but the capacity of the room where the wrestling show takes place is about 1 to 150, depending on how you space it out. Um, because half of the Legion, well, over half of the Legion is actually a bar in a different area. So the room that the wrestling show takes place in, yeah, that's, that that holds up. I mean, that's that's typically how those kind of places are built. So that's I know that I trust that that's definitely true. That that's why I mean, five fifty just seems crazy. But again, yeah, you take out the whole bar area, the front area, and yeah, you got a room that can hold far less, definitely. Yeah, and I mean, you know, and and I'll I'll tell you a little story about the last time I went to a Bushido show. This was actually when. They were still teamed up with IWE, and this is one of the things that uh, that probably caused IWE to ultimately split. Um, one of the wrestlers, there was a there was a mentally handicapped child in the audience, uh, and he had one of the replica belts, and one of the wrestlers like stole it from him, like yanked it from him, and and you know had the ring announcer say, you know, this match is now for the WWE Championship or whatever. Which was, to be fair, I laughed. It was hilarious to me. However, the autistic kid then jumps the rail during the match, get, I mean, slides in the ring and grabs the title and then nearly, like, busts his head open trying to jump back over the guardrails. And there's no mm-hmm. security whatsoever. So you take that, that incident, and, and then you imagine that these folks are going to take precautions against the, the coronavirus and, and follow the outline that Kemp has set here. I don't think it's going to happen. I asked Tyler Wilson yesterday publicly what precautions they were willing to take. I know he's seen the post. He didn't list a single one. So, and that's Livewire's promoter. So, yeah, I mean, the media has it out for us. You you go to one of these shows, you get coronavirus, they're going to ask you where you've been. And as soon as the media gets a hold of, you know, infection outbreak at you know wrestling show i mean like john stossel's gonna cream his pants and not know why off somewhere over this you know and and it's gonna and this is how you get further regulated from the athletic commission yeah i'm a, well, I'm a big believer in keep the athletic commission away as much as possible which is why i used to rail against different shows that would use like 14 year olds in their show and all that kind of stuff it's like one fuck up but it's all done i was I was watching the latest real sports and again, people who think, well, it doesn't matter. And if you want to go out, go out. And if you don't want to go out, you can't make the other people feel bad. Uh, I'll just say this. When they showed this arena in Italy before coronavirus really started to spread and started being news. 
So they had this packed stadium, and then they hired this company to track the cell phones of the people that were there at that event and where all those cell phones went. Literally, you could track the places where coronavirus went crazy by that stadium alone. The estimations are that the people at that stadium spread it to at least 70,000 people and accounted for almost 1,000 deaths, just the people attending that one soccer match. And so, I mean, looking at that, again, people can have all their political theories and all this horseshit, but, and again, if, if Bushido is taking precautions, I'm sure you'll, you, you know, you'll change your tune, but it sounds like, I mean, 110. Uh, what? <laughs> I mean, Larry, what are your thoughts? I mean, L- Larry has stronger opinions than even I do about these things, actually. So well, what's your thoughts on Bushido running? So... What uh, James said explains a lot because when look seeing any photos of the American Legion Hall, I couldn't see how you could do anything close to 550. So that explains that the room really is much smaller in, in as far as what the actual capacity would be. My my thing is basically what like you said, Steve, that the, the Georgia Athletic Commission does not want to regulate wrestling. They don't want anything to do. No. Please, 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 let's not give them any reason or cause. And so not just Bushido, but anybody who jumps back into doing shows, one, one screw-up screws up everybody. Um, right. They don't even want to send you a paper promoter's license. They certainly don't want to get heavily involved in regulation. No. No, God, no I remember how long those – I mean, this was 10 years ago, and the thing would take fucking three months to show up. You know, like, they don't want anything to do with it. Back in the flatline days, we paid it every year and never got a piece of paper in the mail one time. Right, unlike (laughs) Alabama, where they they have an interest in it. Uh, I guess a financial interest. Yeah, or South Carolina. I mean, South Carolina's commission is, you know, the iron fist. You know, they'll send the commissioner to your show. I've I've actually been to a show where uh, a talent showed up without a license. The commission was there. They booted them right off the card. I mean, you know, that – the the commission there, if you've ever if you're familiar with the South Carolina Athletic Commission, you definitely don't want anything to do with something like that here in Georgia. Well, and with with campus governor, you know he's not a regulation guy, so they're going to need some like real strong cause to get involved. So please, let's not give him one. Um, right. Please. And I mean the CDC reporting that a, a, an outbreak happened at a wrestling show. Um, you know, plus that's that's infringing on our gimmick. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> uh, you mentioned earlier, James, that like, um, anybody who thinks we're all going to sing Kumbaya, blah, blah, blah. Um, I would contend that of course that's not realistic. It's a bunch of people, it's wrestling. People are always going to compete. Um, but the, does the mentality of, I'm going to talk shit in public. Um, does that need to happen? Does it does it really serve a definitively good purpose? Um, I, or I mean, what is the reaction to you been? Have people been like so glad you called those motherfuckers out, or has it been lukewarm, or has it been like, dude, Jesus, really, we're gonna start all this shit up again? What is what was the reaction? Uh, well, you know, there's I haven't really got any of the, you know, 
in the middle. There's a couple of people that are like diehard Livewire fans that have come out. I haven't heard anything from Bushido at all, but there's some people that are like diehard Livewire fans that have come out and been like, you know, we really hope there's a show. And I mean, yeah, from a fan standpoint, I certainly understand that. Like, I have nothing against a fan having enthusiasm for having a show come back. All these matches that we've been posting from viral, we have our fans come on there and they they're like, can't wait to you know come to another show. Definitely keep that mentality. But you know, calling out Livewire and Bushido for throwing caution to the wind at the time where it could damage the business, I don't see that. You know, I I feel like that is a net positive. Um, and yeah, there have been but you, I mean, have, come on, let's be real though. I mean, you said shit show, right? Which is which is why Southern Violence responded right away, right? They didn't want to be called a shit show. It's the inflammatory nature of the language. I mean, do you, you see what I'm getting at, don't you? Like, we can't pretend that I'm fucking speaking in a vacuum. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Clearly, <laughs> it was less about, I'm concerned about the future of our great sport, and more, fuck these motherfuckers in their shit show. And, I mean, if you're saying fuck these motherfuckers in their shit show, what reaction are you going to get that's going to be positive? I guess that's my ultimate question. True. I mean, when Gary made his post, he was a lot more like, hey, this is why this shouldn't happen. And that's definitely an approach I should have taken. But at the time, it was like, you know, uh, and this is a this is something that I have done several times. Uh, and it's like, <laughs> I see the flyer. I'm like, these motherfuckers, and then make the post. You know, and then it's like, you're instantly like, yeah, I should have explained that a little more. So, so yeah, I mean, I definitely should have gone into the reasons then, and uh, and and kind of done what what Gary did on his post, and like, hey, look, we this is why you shouldn't run. We don't want the commission on our back. So yeah, I mean, I understand. If it hadn't been Bushido, I probably would have gone about it that way. But as as everybody knows, I do really fucking hate those guys. Gary's position, I always think, is kind of hurt because you get. A 75 posts a day, first of all. My God, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then they're all, we should run, we should run, it's fine. We should be able to run. Clearly, he's trying to get it so they can run. And then he takes the position of, but not these motherfuckers, which feels really funny to me. Like, again, I, 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 I'm hoping, what I'm hoping, and this is my plea to you as well, what I'm hoping is the people who are running the bigger promotions can not sound so indie. And I mean, I've been part of indie wrestling forever and I was certainly mired in my share of fucking shit talks. Um, it's kind of what I do now, but like, you know, I, I just go like, yeah, cause it's a very valid point about Bushido in particular, right? That's a very valid point. Um, and it, what I'm afraid of is as soon as shit show comes out, then People like, and I, I immediately saw people taking sides, right? Feltner's going to post this, that person's going to post that, and all that kind of shit. And again, we just can't get to the original thing. Now, I'm not going to sit here and, like, you know, polish my halo. Certainly, when I used to go after, <laughs> what was the other show that ran in Cornelia? I can't even remember the name. Bobby Popham's bullshit, Larry. I mean, you know. I used to go after those guys really, really, really hard. Um, and I definitely used to pick nits and call names and all that shit. But it really did boil down to 
you can't put fucking 12 to 14-year-olds in a wrestling ring because if one of them gets hurt, we're sunk. And, you know, having a bunch of girls that have nothing to do with the show who are underage milling around the wrestlers in the locker room is going to lead to trouble, which it most certainly did. So, yeah, that's my thing with you. It's just like, dude, like, uh, very valid points. And, again, that's why I brought up the thing. Is it because it's Bushido? Because I definitely get that because the motherfuckers I used to hate, fuck them. Right, like, right. <laughs> fuck those kitty porn motherfuckers, or you know whatever I used to say. So, anyway, I, I believe. Yeah, I mean, always immediately. Felt, always. Sorry, go ahead. Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I was gonna say immediately after this whole thing popped off, you know, Tyler Wilson goes on and he makes a post, and he's he he it's something to the tune of Matt Sells and Cameron Cade are like two of the best talents, or the two best talents in the state of Georgia. I mean, I can certainly understand why you would say that about Matt Sells, but really, like, I would be offended if I was put on that. Like, if it was like, this is the bar, and these are the two guys that are on it, I would be tremendously upset if I were him. There was a time where Cameron Cade was considered um, pretty damn good, I'll say that. Um, He's also, you know, the worst recorded interview in history of the show. Um, <laughs> so bad that, that I insisted, um, once I got here to like bring him back to redo that interview. Um, but yeah, yeah. I'm surprised if I'm being honest that Bushido's still running. I'm curious on why that is. Um, well, I they guess that maybe make any money. No, I mean, you know, the, and the Matt Sell show is the only one where they had, um, uh, a crowd, a respectable crowd. Maybe they think that that's the wave of the future. Um, I guess we're going to see if, if, cause if you can't draw, I mean, I'll say this, if they can't put a hundred people in the building on May 30th, they should pack it up. I mean, you're, you're the first ones getting a run, right? Um, I mean, people are dying to do anything if you can't put a hundred in that building well, let's not use the word dying but i mean when you but mm, it was as, as i hear about the venue though are people really going to want to go if it's going to be tight quarters in there is that going to be appealing to people um to come out you know i don't know i don't know augusta i don't know how what the what the tone is over there of things right now it, it is a I know in the red area so mm-hmm. you know and 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 augusta as far as like, I mean, here in Roswell, most stuff is still pretty locked down. But, I mean, out there, I mean, you can go sit down at the Chili's. You know, they they were like one of the last, Oh wow! Uh, it, you know, cities, you know, especially for their size, the size of Augusta, they were one of the last cities to really, you know, start shutting everything down. I remember there was uh, like a Ruby Tuesday or something that after the shelter-in-place order was like packed on a Friday night. And like the authorities came and shut it down, um, you know, oh, and it was oh. on the news, just you know, with the, the place packed out, you know, and everything around it completely closed. So you know, I would worry about that, uh, you know, if yeah. I was so it, hey, in Augusta. It, or, it, it, again, yeah, so, it, it social fly. mores again, social mores and the general political and social attitudes of an area regulate way more than the law does, right? If you have to send the cops down to shut down someone from getting a burger at Ruby Tuesdays, I mean, that says it's fucking all, doesn't it? 
<laughs> like, right, I mean, that's a, that's a group of people who are convinced that this thing isn't touching their lives. And right. uh, uh, I, again, I, I get nervous about this stuff for Georgia. Um, and I'm, I think what needs to happen is, Larry, you need to tell Rob Rod to go to the show and check it out. <laughs> So yeah. <laughs> send him out there. Right, right. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I was actually thinking about maybe going to the Athens show if it's as described. Well, you I'm know, sure you go like, to the Athens one. Yeah, it you, sounds I, like a pretty safe <laughs> environment out there, you know. But hey, tangential question: Are, are you yeah. hearing, Steve? Florida? Are there are there rumblings of Indies running in Florida? Always. Um, I, I mean, like I said, up to a few weeks ago, Atomic was going to fucking run in that big building where they're like, look, and they took a picture. We set this chair six feet. Up. I mean, it was insane. And so in Florida, Florida is like Georgia amplified. So there's like Orlando, Miami, Tampa. And then you go five minutes outside of those cities and you're in a different demographic, different mm-hmm. voting block, all that kind of stuff. And so I've heard, for example, that there are shows running this weekend um, in Tampa. And I get, I get invitations all the time. Once like, cause you know, before this whole thing hit, I was going to Florida shows. And so once I got the reputation as, Oh, this guy will come to your fucking show and he'll review the shit out of it. Then I started getting invitations, and I got my first invitation, and it was, it was to show in Tampa this weekend. <laughs> so that's the answer to your question. But at the same time, the highly legitimate outfits aren't even close to running. WXW, mm-hmm. which is probably the most legit as far as, you know, their, their students are the ones who are showing up at the performance center, right? Um, they're, they said they're not going to – that they described it as we are closed for the indefinite future, the school uh-huh. and the promotion. Um, I, I know other schools are itching to open up, and they're just looking for any kind of legal crack uh, that they can slither through to just start running training sessions again. But, I mean, in Georgia, it's already happening, right? WWA4 is running their school. I mean yeah. – it's it's sort of a badly kept secret that they're doing it and they're doing shows now they're saying with no crowds but they never had crowds at their shows really right it's but there's still friends and family coming to see it what the fuck is that shit right and so i know i'm getting too hyped about that but it just annoys the shit out of me where it's like either we're if we're not doing this thing together then fuck like again putting people in jeopardy for what and i get it they're young people and they're like well we're not going to get it or you know i have the right or if you don't like it then you can stay home but i'm going to go do this thing it's just it's selfishness on a level that's that's why i just cut myself off from the news at a certain point because it's just it's the pervasive attitude of selfishness that's the thing that kind of gets to me more than anything else if i'm being honest so I got to do the same thing with limiting my news consumption because it's either like depressing or it's completely WTF or both most of the time. Yeah. 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 I I mean, but on a, on a, on an up note, I think, um, I, I mean, without knowing what the psychology of crowds is going to be like, 
meaning are people going to be flocking back to shows? I would imagine in Georgia and Florida, they will be more prone to do it um, than they would at other places. Now, whether that ends up being a good thing or a bad thing remains to be seen. I do think crowds, which were even the most, even the most small town kind of crowds were beginning to become smart marky kind of crowds where you would have these sections and I'm, I'm talking every show, you know, even shows that you think of as having these really traditional kind of old Southern wrestling fans that, you know, boo the heels and cheer the faces. Everybody had a section of the crowd, Southern honor, Southern fried peach state. You would get these sections of fans that were like, let's fucking shit on the show types. And I'm hoping that 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 goes away for at least a little while because people are just so happy it's back that we can, you know, forego people <laughs> and their smart marky bullshit for a little while. But maybe I'm just dreaming. I don't know. Well, a lot of the bigger shows, you kind of have these, I don't know if they're necessarily smart, but you always have these kind of like elitist type fans. Um, where you know if you get to a, if you get to the point where your front row is selling out in hours, right? So you're talking about the top four or five. You got to be pretty dedicated to sit there and refresh the site, you know, waiting on tickets to drop to reserve a front row seat, you know. Um, or in our case, like if you have one of our season passes where you have access to a year's worth of shows, uh, you know, th- those fans typically in our case aren't like there to shit on the product but you know they are kind of like that kind of smart they're there yeah, and, for but the know, talent that you guys bring in you're like going to get that kind of fan totally i think viral you know you're bringing in guys from the outside that are going to appeal to a certain kind of wrestling fan and so that's the wrestling fans that you're going to have mixed in as well so i mean with the kind of show you guys run but i, I like peach state i don't think of as that kind of show at all right they're not going to bring in any kind of indie darling or work rate guy but even they have like a section of people who are like fuck you i'm going to cheer for matt hankins just to be belligerent or whatever you know right so right but i mean i'm sorry james you were saying well, I mean, no, you're you're right. When I mean, we definitely have a couple of like, you know, like uh, New Japan like purists, you know, in the crowd. Like, you know, if it's not like, you know, uh, uh, you know, Omega and you know Sammy Guevara or whatever, you know, every match, then they're gonna shit on it, right? And I don't know why they would come to our show, <laughs> you know. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there are a few of those, but for the most part, we've fortunately managed to avoid that scenario no you don't i mean i've only been of course a few times but you your crowds to me at least the shows i've been at it's 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 a respectful crowd you don't you don't see to draw too many people that that shit on the show yeah we've been really fortunate in that regard thank god right i I mean mean, especially our our champion is running like a malcolm x type gimmick in like a predominantly white redneck area yeah. Yeah, I mean like Florida every show I go to has the angry virgins. I mean they no matter what the show is. From the dirtiest of the dirt shows to the really avant-garde stuff to the whatever. 
you just have the and, and and they're the same guys. Like I see these dickheads at like every show to the point where my kids can spot them. And then my dad just goes like, oh, "Angry Virgin's dad," and, <laughs> and I go like, "Oh, I'm either a great dad or a terrible dad." But like, yeah, there they are. And you know, and of course I go head up with them every time. And I just I'm like, so you guys here to like fucking say fat jokes at this guy again and just ruin it? Are you guys here to ruin it? <laughs> and they're just like, oh, well, I don't know. Like, they don't like being confronted for sure. <laughs> but I, I go out of my way. I'm just like, no, I'm not going to listen to you yelling stuff from the third row the whole show. I'm just not listening to it, you know? Like, <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I, I'm curious what fans are going to be like when they come back. Um, I'm curious what, so James, if you could give us this insight, um, and maybe you can't because you don't want to reveal it, which is totally understandable as well. So are you guys going to just like pick up where you left off as far as like angles, stories, etc.? Are you going to do like a, a reset mode or a combination of the two? Well, so um, combination of the two uh, on your last okay. point, if you don't like the fans disrupting the show, never go to Dragon Con wrestling because <laughs> there's like 200 of those. Uh, there, but uh, on your point, yeah, it, it's going to be a mixture. Um, so we've been running the Sean Legacy versus Darius Lockhart for about a year and a half. Um, at the Battle Lions show, you know, Legacy earned another title shot, uh, and he's definitely going to get that title shot. So that's definitely something that we're going to carry over. I think our crowd's really invested in it, um, and if you know, that's something we can pick up pretty easily. Um, any of the storylines that we were like building at the time, you know, we may start over on those. We may do a refresher on it. You definitely want people to still be invested and be able to follow it. So, you know, yeah. if it's something like, you know, if it's a storyline, for instance, uh, like uh, Lucky Ali and uh, Chip Day was something that we were just kicking off. We'll probably have to, you know, start that from scratch because people may not remember it, you know, so. Right. We definitely plan to keep that main angle going, but some of the side angles, we may have to, you know, go back to the drawing board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I mean, it's an interesting thing to talk about, like where different leagues were. I think the league that got hit the hardest by having to stop was definitely Southern Honor in the sense that they were building a, a third of their show was dedicated to this tournament that is now passed and didn't happen for obvious reasons. Right. Um, where it was like, if, you know, so-and-so needs to win the match with so-and-so to get a spot in the tournament and blah, blah, blah. And I thought it was really great and a lot of good interplay. Now they have Dylan as their booker, which means they're going to be fine when they get back. But that was the league that I most thought of when I thought like, fucking Jesus, you know, like now they're really going to have to restart with all of that and reannounce when the tournament's going to be and all that stuff. Um, what, let me throw a question to the two of you. Um, when do you feel like things will get going again? And when will you, do you feel like things will be back to in the ballpark of normal? Cause those are, those well, might me, be two very different answers. Yeah. Let me look at my crystal ball, Steve, on that one. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'd like to think uh, the fall, but I mean, like, okay, do we do we get a uh, uh, 
effective treatment for the for the virus that would well certainly will help with people's comfort level you know be beyond an infu- a, a three day infusion which is what we have now i mean you know i, I but i'd like to think the fall but, okay. but there again still completely normal by the fall mm, i don't know i don't know james what's your thoughts I mean, and of course, uh, well, we're, we're all, by the way, anyone listening, of course, we're all just guessing. Of course, we do not know. So just look, put that out there. So. I want, uh, so I'll give you what I want and what I expect. There um, you go. I want things <laughs> to be good to go, <laughs> uh, like yeah. August, September, for two reasons. Number one, uh, August is our uh, anniversary show, our biggest show. It would be great to come back on that note. Um, and also I, you know, I look forward to Dragon Con all year, every year. So, uh, (laughs) packing 80,000 people into downtown Atlanta, if things aren't somewhat back to normal, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And and if like 20,000 less people showed up to that, uh, that would be a positive. Yeah. But realistically, I think we're looking at January. On, On Dragon Con, they've already, the city's already said no, no parade. Yeah, they're not going to. They're not going to permit the it. that's the most. That's the most that you're going to have people packed in because people that don't even come to Dragon Con flood to downtown Atlanta to see to that parade that, yeah. every year. Yeah, yeah. I would. I'm curious what it's going to be like in Florida. Florida's relationship with wrestling, as we all know, is very different in the sense that because WWE happens here, because AEW happens here, because they're willing to throw money at a super pack to get <laughs> grease wheels, um, I, I have a feeling that there's a strong push. There's like three major factions in Florida. I don't need to go into it. But, but long story short, I get the feeling that once one of the three major factions, as far as the indies who have connections to the bigger promotions, um, once one of them cracks and finds a way to run, then the other two will follow quickly behind. Um, what does that mean? I'm not sure. But if you've already got motherfuckers trying to run this weekend, I don't imagine it'll be long unless of course there's a wave that happens again of cases and then they're going to fuck everything over. But Florida is doing its level best to get to the appearance of normal for a number of political reasons and otherwise. So, I mean, who knows how that's going to play out? I do know that people in Florida, when you go, especially when you go outside of the big cities, are going to do whatever they're going to do. All you have to do is give them the slightest bit of green light of like, oh, okay, now you can go do this, and then they'll they'll take a mile out of it, and they'll you know they'll just try to do things as per normal, whether it's regulated slightly or not. Uh, gentlemen, I booked this one for a ninety-minute slot, so we're going to have to get on out of here before they cut us off the air in just a couple minutes. Yeah, but J- James, how how can we how can people get a hold of the podcast that you're doing and all of that, please? Yeah, yes. So the best way is to hit up uh, Entertainment Evolved on Facebook or YouTube. That's kind of like the overarching like promotional platform uh, that has an Evolved review on it. That's sort of like the flagship program. We've got a couple other podcast that we have on there so that's the best place to catch it um 
Yeah, so an involved review on uh, Facebook or YouTube. That's the place where we premiere episodes. Uh, new episodes of Evolved Review uh, come out every Sunday, 8 p.m. Right on. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Definitely appreciate it. And uh, best of luck with everything. And uh, it's great that you're staying busy. And hopefully we can all talk about wrestling the next time you're on about your next show coming up. That would be wonderful. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Right Thank on. You. Take care. Larry, we survived. Uh, yeah. So what do you got what do you got going on this weekend, Larry? Now that you're not having to go to wrestling. Yeah, well I finished up the Atlanta Child Murders, which I would again highly recommend to anybody after the last one was bananas. So good. Yes. Yes, excellent series, just an excellent series. We'll be looking for uh, something else on Netflix to check out. We've been enjoying these stand-up comedy things we've been watching greatly on there. So if anybody's got any recommendations, send them my way. Got to looking for some. Um, if you've got HBO or Showtime, if you've got Showtime, which I think is free for you guys right now in Atlanta, um, I do highly recommend. I'm dying up here. It is the best anything I've ever seen about stand up, and it's a it's a it's a drama series called um, I'm Dying Up Here. Unfortunately, it didn't get renewed for another season, but it is fucking unreal. It is gangbusters. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. How about you? All right. Well, oh, me. Oh, my God. I'll have the kids again. Thank goodness. So I I did sort of concede, you know, it's Mother's Day on Sunday. By the way, it's Mother's Day on Sunday, people. So get get your mom something. Um, The the kids will be with her for most of the day on uh, Sunday. But I'll have the kids, which means excitement, which means we finish the recording of the uh, 200th subscriber celebration. James Caleb Kitchens was our 200th subscriber for the YouTube channel. So I'm hoping to get that out uh, in the early part of the week, our big celebratory music video. So that'll be a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, Well, thank you to our guests, Ryan Murdoch and James Caleb Kitchens. And for Larry Goodman, I'm Stephen Platinum. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Larry and I will have something else great planned for the tipping point. We thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.